What's up, witches and bitches? It's your host, Michelle here, the Spiritual Witch, here at the Spiritual Witch. And this episode, I've got a very, very, very special and unique guest for us. Um, this is probably like the biggest episode that I think I have done. I'm super excited for it. But before we get into it, let me take care of our announcements. So if you guys want to support me, you can start with monthly donations, which will allow me to create engaging content more frequently. That can be accessed on more platforms. Send me a voice message, and this can allow me to hear what you have to say, and you may be future on a future episode. Make sure to download or subscribe to Apple Podcasts so that this podcast will show up more when people search for me. Anyway, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Um, let's just get into it. All right. Hey, everybody. So we've got an interesting guest on this episode, and I am super excited for you guys to hear from her. Her name is Veronica Varlow. She's the author of Bohemian Magic, and I'm super, super excited to have her on the show. So Veronica, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. It's so good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you and all of the listeners today. Uh, my name is Veronica Varlow, and I am a lineage witch. And my family comes from what was once known as Czechoslovakia, which is the area of the world known as Bohemia. And I, my grandmother passed down this beautiful magic to me that has been in our family for, you know, generations and generations. And that's why I wrote this book, Bohemian Magic, because I am the last daughter of my line. And I really want to pass that down. I want to pass this knowledge on to everyone because I really believe that it's powerful. And I want to, you know, I feel like it's really changed my life. I feel like being raised with my grandmother's magic really changed my life. And I want to share that knowledge with other people because I feel it's very powerful. Yes, I agree so much. Sharing our knowledge and sharing our magic with others is so important. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we should all be doing. Because then from that, you get these other beautiful spells that people make as well, like for themselves. It's so wonderful. It's so true. So true. So I just wanted to say, um, I did read your book and it is so awesome. I recommend you all go out and get it. It's uh, Bohemian Magic. And I, one of the things that I really like is I just like how you approach everything as like a journey. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey personally? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, well, I grew up with this, you know, magical grandmother, and I had a lot of magic influence in my life. And what I think a lot of people can relate to is that I moved to New York City to kind of go after my dreams. And I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of during that time when I first moved to New York City, I was really struggling because, you know, real life hit and I needed to work and I needed to support myself. And it's very, very expensive living in New York City. So mm -hmm. I was working all the time. And I felt like I really turned my back on my magic during that time because I was just trying to keep a roof over my head. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can relate to and be like, when do I have time to do all these spells? When do you have time to have magic in your life? And I was kind of on that hamster wheel and uh, during that time, I was uh, volunteering at an animal shelter when I was attacked in the face by a Rottweiler. And I, my nose uh, was ripped off my face and I on one side and underneath and I was nearly blinded in my left eye. And when they brought me to the hospital to, you know, fix me up and put my nose back on my face. I was in shock and they couldn't put me under. And so they were numbing me while they were doing the surgery. And I just remember staring at the ceiling and thinking, why didn't I do like all the magic in my life? Because all of us, 
have so much magic when we're children, no matter how we were raised as children, I feel like we're natural magic. That's when we have like imaginary friends and we're making up stories and we're, we're like seeing the world with these beautiful new eyes and, you know, life can sometimes weigh on you and make you forget about how magic we all really are. And in that emergency room, it was a blessing that bite, that attack was actually the thing that helped transform my life because it made, I was like, why am I not, why am I wasting my life? Why am I not doing my fullest magic? And I was worried about what other people were going to think about me. And I was worried about, you know, not having enough. And the thing is, is that doing your magic is part of like trusting that you are enough and it's going to be enough and you're going to find the very best way. So that's been a huge part of my journey. I left my temp job. I started doing burlesque and performing and within a very short period of time, it took off. And I think it's because, you know, I was really practicing my magic and believing in my magic. And, and sometimes you just got to make that leap, you know, that leap of faith and, and go for it. And, uh, yeah, so that's been that has been my magical journey and I'm so blessed that I was able to write this book and I'm so happy to be here to share it with you all yeah. and to have this experience. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh my gosh, that is such a crazy story. I cannot believe the Rottweiler. I was going to say, oh, animals can be so healing. And then you said, oh, he, he bit off my nose. I was like, oh, oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, I mean, and that being said, I feel like, I feel like dogs are part of my, I mean, my familiars have always been, I have a beautiful uh, Chihuahua, Niney, who is 18 years old and she's so wonderful she's in the book she's her photos are in the book because it's full color it's like a grimoire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and I feel like dogs have always shown me where my path should be and I feel like that bite of the Rottweiler got me back on my path because I was so far right. off my path it was a message it was mm-hmm. even though it was delivered to me forcefully but I kind of needed that wake-up call and I, I'm hoping that most of your listeners who are here and finding their magic and working on their magic you know they, they didn't need that but I needed that at that time you know like they're already here so they're good but I I really needed a wake-up call again for who I really was because sometimes, you know, you can, you can lose your way. And I was definitely losing my way. And that magical dog just woke me up. And from that point on, I was like, you know, no days are guaranteed. It's time to start to have our beautiful life. So let's go. So, uh, one of the things that I say in Bohemian magic is that your life is the greatest spell you will ever cast. Yes. And I believe that. And that is when I started casting the spell of my life after the bite. Yes. That's actually chapter one. <laughs> That's how important it is. Yes, it is. Which yes, it is. I agree with. Oh my goodness. I had never thought of it that way. And I like how you frame it in that way too. Because I never thought, oh my goodness, you can cast, you know, your, your life really is the biggest spell. It Mm. truly is. And that just hit me so hard. (laughs) I was like, wow, you know? Um, So another thing I wanted to touch on is love magic. I always talk about on the show, oh, I'm going to talk about love magic. I'm going to talk about it. And then I forget (laughs) because there's so much that encompasses magic and witchcraft and all those kinds of things. Um, So I'd love to talk about like love magic and, you know, tantra and that kind of things. And what's your spin on it? Oh, there is so that is a that is a whole portal that you and I could just dive into and we'd be here for days. So um, <laughs> when when you say because because you also talked about um, tantra, are are you talking about love magic or are you talking about sex magic? Because I could go into either. Both, honestly, both. I would love to hear about both. But give me just like a an overview if you can. Oh, okay, overview is um, okay. Uh, oh, 
how deep can we go here? I'm trying to, um, am I allowed to talk about, mm, am I allowed to talk about orgasms here oh, on the show? hell yes. Oh my Okay. <laughs> All right. Good, good, good. I just want to check because I've been on a lot of different programs and sometimes they're like, you can't even pretend you're a burlesque performer right now. And I'm like, okay. All right. That's fine. Family friendly. Oh, Got no, it. No, so, please be your authentic oh, self. Let's dish. Let's dish. Okay, good. Oh, I'm so excited because I'm very, very excited about this. So mm, this is my personal theory. This is my personal theory. One, with love magic, number one. So many people that come to me with love magic questions, and this is my specialty, where they want to magnetize the right person to them. Number one, the most important thing that you need to do is you need to, before you're magnetizing somebody else, you need to amplify your own delicious, wonderful, luscious love energy. Yes. It's so important. It's so, you need to amplify it. You need to electrify it in your spirit so that your energy that's surrounding you is just that really juicy, delicious, like energy all around you. And that's what magnetizes your highest love partner to you. So I talk about it in bohemian magic. There's so many different spells that were passed down from my grandmother to me on how to kind of amplify your confidence, your love mojo. Like we could, we would be on this forever. So, so just to kind of give you like a overview. So there's lots of things I talk about in bohemian magic, Mm -hmm. but the most important thing is like really working on you first because we magnetize when we're in that high form of ourselves, we magnetize the very best to us. And how I uh, called in my husband is that actually on, um, on, during uh, Halloween, going into Day of the Dead, I set up an altar with all of my crossed over uh, family, friends, loved ones. Oh, that's and beautiful. Whole thing up. It's so important. It's such a beautiful, I love that tradition. It's extremely yes. beautiful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And seeing all of them and having a talk with them and lighting a tea light underneath each one of the pictures. And I brought them beautiful flowers and set it all up. And I had a talk with them and I said, this is what I'm looking for because you, at the end, I said, you know me better than anyone else. So can (laughs) you match make from the other side and help me bring in the very best person for me? And I, I gave a little bit of a list, a little bit of an idea. I said, one thing that's really important to me is somebody that is a counterpart to my magic, somebody that is magic in their own right and understands it and believes it and works their own magic, someone who is extremely loving and is going to be an incredible partner for me. I'm like, and and said some of these things. And 27 days after I did this is when I had the very first date with my husband and I knew the second I met him. So your matchmakers can be your other side spirits, companions, like adventures, spirit guides, whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. on the other side. And I think that that's something that we forget about and that you can use as a magical person. You could use to Mm -hmm. your ability. They're here to help. Now with sex magic, um, my own, my own personal take on it is that during the, uh, height of orgasm, there is the, the French call it la petite mort, which means the little death. So if on that thinking, if you are your heart stops technically for half of a second when you're in having an orgasm. And so for half of a second, you're technically dead. You're technically experiencing what it feels like, the full power of the other side. So my theory is 
in this moment of orgasm, when you are feeling the power of the other side, that capability, then you could probably bring in or write the story of whatever you want to have manifest, manifest in yes. that. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, this makes total sense to me when I, when I started doing it, I was like, wait a minute. So if you're technically dead for half of a second, then wouldn't I be able to be in my full power? So what you can do is I started doing this on my own and I would do it in front of a full length mirror and I would write in lipstick a phrase or like I'm in my full power or I draw in the very best or whatever it is that you want, that you desire in your world, that you want to amplify. Seeing that on a mirror, seeing words when that's happening and having that that power being felt at the same time is how the magic works. And it's extru- It's one of the most powerful forms of magic I think there is. I would agree. I would definitely agree with that because you have so much power and so much energy in that moment. Why not do something with it, you know? Right. And manifesting, perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And can I just say that this is such, your from your story before, this is such a beautiful example of just ancestral magic, which I haven't really touched on a lot with the show. You know, you having that Dia de los Muertos situation with your grandma and all of your ancestors and asking them, hey, can you bring my husband? Because I've been trying. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it came down to because it's it's funny because I was raised with the spirits and my grandmother from the time I was as little as possible, my my I remember my grandmother walking around in her kitchen, you know, smoking her lucky strikes and waving it around like a wand as she talked to the spirits out loud. And I talked to them every day. Every single day I talked to them out loud. And it's it's mm-hmm. fun because my husband my husband has started to do it with me which is really nice. And I just have regular conversations with them. And I mean, because think about it, you know, we're trying to do all of these things to try to draw in partners. But if you put your best self out there with magic and amplify your own magic, and then call in your ancestors and spirits to be your beautiful matchmakers. They know way more than we do here on the earthly plane. So why not ask for their help. I mean, I know that my grandmother wanted me to have the perfect partner and she delivered him to me 27 days after I asked, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we, we, we try to put that in the hands of, of human beings and why not put it in the hands of the spirits when they're so much more powerful than we are. Oh my gosh. Agreed. Yes. Okay, so another question that I have is, um, you know, can you tell me just a little bit about your book? You've mentioned it quite a few times, but I'm wondering if we can kind of take a dive into it a little bit. And I'm wondering, what are you hoping to share with this book? Like, what is your message to the world? Oh, I love your questions. Thank you so much. (laughs) You have great questions. I really appreciate it. Um, I, well, this book is a, it is a 240 page color filled book. The entire thing, if you were going to rip off the cover and the back cover and I left it in a cafe, it would look as if someone left their grimoire, a magical spell book. Yes, it would. And it's got taped in pictures and magical symbols and sigils. And the beginning of it, I I briefly touch on my story of magic and my grandmother, Helen. And then there is a whole area where you can enchant the book to you Mm -hmm. because it is important that for all of your listeners to know, like all of you, I'm, I'm talking to you out there. On the airwaves magically as we we sit here together in conversation, it is important to call in power to your own magic, to write your own magic 
into existence. And in the beginning of the book, I have an area where you can tape in your own hair. You can leave your magical kiss print. There's an incantation that you say to make this book, Bohemian Magic, come alive with your magic. And then part one is the spectacular school of spellcasting. And that's the uh, branch and tradition of witchcraft that I teach, which is a combination of my grandmother's bohemian magic and mine and my husband, David Varlow's old, like owned rock and roll art magic, uh, because art is how we do our spells and creative creativity is a deep form of magic. So I teach you all sorts of things, how to carve magic candles, how to write your own spells, how to raise your energy, how to do sigils and my creation of sigil songs. And then you travel through five initiations with me in the book. And each initiation begins with a journey where you, the reader, is the hero And I send you on this journey. So it'll be like, you're sitting beside me. We're driving in the nighttime. We come upon this enchanted cottage. Like you go deep on this journey with me and you have your own magical journey. And then based upon that initiation, there are three spells that are assigned to you in each chapter. So there are five journeys, five initiations, and three spells assigned to each initiation. So, and And that is the journey of the book filled with secrets and passed down bohemian magic that I learned from my grandma that I have never seen anywhere else. And that is why it's a different form of witchcraft. It's not, it's not traditional witchcraft because it's got that bohemian slant to it. And that's why, that's why it's named Spectaculous, the actual tradition, because it is, it is its own. It's kind of the, the magic of the poets and the artists and the circus performers and the wanderers. So, you know, just up your listeners alley. So it's perfect. Right. It's kind of got like a gypsy feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting and unique. And I think a lot of times people put down the craft because there's a lot of, you know, like you have to study a lot. Well, this mm-hmm. makes studying fun. <laughs> yes, it does. It absolutely does. Because because you're a part of it. I, I think when we are able to immerse ourselves in a journey, I think that's beautiful because we could lose ourselves on the pages of a book. So there's, there's journeys, for instance, there's one where we go into the deep forest and the pages, it's a centerfold of this gorgeous forest that you're going into and the journey is taped on top. So it's almost as if you pulled the pages that I wrote to you off of the page, you could dive into a portal of the forest that's laid out behind it. So the book is a portal and the book is also an art spell. So very excited. Yes. <laughs> very excited for all of you to get your hands on it. This was a labor of love for my whole life, but especially the last two years. So I'm very excited. I want readers to read this book and find their own unique power within. And I feel that this book is a treasure that will be a companion for the rest of your life. Yes. And I can see that. Thank you. Thank 100%. You. This, this book is not something that's just some small pamphlet you pick up from the store. I can tell you that <laughs> this is definitely something that's more intense and, and really gets you thinking about things and about yourself. Um, like Veronica had said, finding like your partner, you work on yourself first because like attracts like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's so wonderful. So another thing, can you tell me about the, about the wild? How did you come up with that? Was this something in the family or was this just you? That is, that is just me. And the thing is, is that my grandmother never used the word magic 
per se. She <laughs> would, you know, she would talk, she would talk to the spirits like she was talking to like normal people talk to each other. Uh, she did all of these mystical things, but she didn't use the word magic. And I feel like there's so many different forms of magic. Uh, there's magical tricks, like in a performance that, uh, like a, a, a a show person would do. And there's deep magic. And I wanted to kind of come up with my own word of what I feel like magic truly means. And the wild is my name for the purest, most ancient magic within you. Because I believe so many people come up to me and when they find out I'm a witch and that I have a school and that I'm doing all these teachings and camps and workshops and they're like, but what if I'm a beginner witch? And my answer is always when you were little, you were perhaps one of the most powerful witches there was Mm -hmm. because when we're little, We are pure magic. We rely on our instincts because we can't speak yet. So our instincts need to be on point so that we could survive, learn, understand, because we don't have language yet. When we're children, our first language is instinct. It's magic. And we're natural creators when we're little. We want to draw with crayons. We want to create worlds. We want to do all of that. And I think that the over the course of growing up, we kind of lose some of that. So this is about the wild is having a magical practice to bring you back to the truest form of you as an adult where you can have even more power and that's what it is. Simple as that. It's unearthing all of your natural magic and just boosting it now that you're an adult and amplifying that power out. And spectacular magic, like I said, is about that artistry. It's about using art is magic. It is magic. So when you tap into the forms of art that you do, poetry, creating art, writing, music, whatever form appeals to you the most, that is when you can be really casting your spells out into the world. No, definitely agreed. That is an excellent example of magic. And I never really thought about that. And this whole time while you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, our daughter that we're going to have and how she's going to be so magical. I can't wait. I'm so excited for you. I'm really excited for you. What a great experience to be able to have a daughter and pass on your magic to her. And, you know, I would love to recommend my mother wrote me a journal when she was pregnant with me. And it was a treasured item of mine for sure, because it was so beautiful to have her communication, to read her communication to me before I was even born, you know? I've been doing that too. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I love, uh, you know, just talking with her and reading with her and all those things. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on too is like the world tends to beat the creativity and that kind of stuff out of children you know there's not a lot of creative jobs out there there's not a lot of creative fields but then on top of that when you get into schools and things like that they tend to focus more on the the stem things rather than the arts and the creativity and and things of that nature and I I hope I plan (laughs) to keep that intact for her And if she's seeing, like, spirits or something like that, I don't want to tell her she's crazy or she's seeing an imaginary friend. I want to work with her on those things. It's so, it's so very important. It's so very important. I mean, I think that working with children when they're little, because I learned a lot of my magic from my grandmother when I was six, that's the time where it's really easy for a young mind to soak up many different languages. And I mean, that's the best time to learn. So learning, learning tarot, learning, you know, magic and 
and being able to be creative. That's, that's such a great foundation for a child. Yes. And I have her first like six years planned out (laughs) (laughs) as best as I can, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Beautiful foundation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you another question. We don't get a lot of these. So I'm wondering, what is it like being a generational witch? A lot of people experience a lot of negativity from their families. As I've stated multiple times, I'm in the broom closet. Um, However, I'm wondering what it's like for you. Uh, For me, I mean, I feel like I feel like all of our families, um, you know, the thing about family is that there's always going to be, you're always going to have, have some kind of bumps in the road and things like that. And I think accentuating the positive or looking at the positive things because you want to really, you know, focus on that to give you strength and to be like, what are the best things that I have for my family? You know, I think that, I think that it's interesting that many people, you know, talk to me and it'll be like, wow, that's so crazy that you're a lineage witch. And I think that it's, it's interesting because like, for instance, my, my husband isn't a quote unquote lineage witch, but yet in a conversation with his father, his father's telling me stories about how he, he saw things in dreams and was predicting things and yet doesn't think that he's, he's magical when he's most certainly is. And my husband definitely has that. And it was passed down to him, no <laughs> doubt. So I think that just, just because you're your family doesn't call themselves witches. I think that things pass down our line. And I think that, I think that, you know, if you talk to your parents and ask them if they've ever had experience, if like, if they've ever had dreams or, you know, predicted something or knew something was going to happen, I think it's more common than not. I think Mm -hmm. just because I was, I was raised in such an out like such a, like out of the broom, like so out of the broom closet that I remember my mother telling me at one point, she was like, okay, I just want to let you know, like you're, you're, you're doing great stuff with grandma. I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. Maybe you shouldn't tell the little kids at school because she was worried that I would be picked on more or, you know, things, people would say bad things about me. And she really believed in my magical gifts and she wanted me to, you know, be, be really strong in them, but they were also worried about me being out there with them. I'm now as an adult, I have the decision to be out there with them and I am. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful thing. Yeah, that just sounds like a dream come true, honestly. But yeah, my parents, they do have situations where, you know, they have experienced things. And so is my grandma. My grandma is like a a seer into the future, very, very much so. But she doesn't believe herself to be a magical being, which I find so funny. (laughs) It's crazy. It's, It's so it's so funny to me. And especially when you, when you talk to the older generations who weren't here for like the beginnings of the internet or the internet or cell phones or things like that, there wasn't as much distraction. So I find that talking to older people, you'll find like our grandparents and things like that. A lot of them have had dreams that, you know, they they had more room. They had more time to think about these things because there wasn't so many distractions in normal everyday life. And like I said, with my husband's father, he told us a story about how he, he had a dream about his friend who had broke, like, who was like needing help and was in a broken down car. And he woke up in the middle of the night and then he went back to sleep. And the next morning he went 
to work. There was no cell phones or anything like that. And the next day he went to work and his friend said that she had broken down in the middle of the night. So he had gotten this message in his dream that she needed help and was broken down in a car, but there was no cell phones back then. So like he had received this message and I'm, and I'm like, how could you not think that that's a supernatural experience so it's interesting they they want to they want to kind of push it off when when instead of diving into their wild and I'm excited that today in our culture and how our world is shaping people are more excited about being open to diving into those things and saying oh yeah this is this is something that happened to me and I'd like to know more about that? How can I train that within me to tap into my power? Yes, I definitely agree. And a lot of people, I feel like they're kind of scared of the wild. And that is something that does happen. But, you know, that's why I started my podcast to kind of, you know, stop that misinformation and start spreading some of the more positive things about this kind of stuff. It's so positive. And the, th- the thing is, is that it has only brought me beautiful things. And when you are in your greatest power, that's when you can put it out there to help others, to help the planet, to help animals, to help each other. Yes. When you're in that positive power, that's when you have all this energy to be able to help the world be a better place. So there's, there's like, that's, that's the most positive thing. And you should never like rule number one of witchcraft is never be afraid of your own power. Yes. Don't be afraid of your own power because it can change the world. It really can. Like you can change the world and you are changing the world by speaking up, by having this podcast and by putting this out there to the world, you are changing minds and you are reaching people that may not have originally thought these things and they're going to pass it on. So it becomes a ripple effect when we stand in our power because it took, I'm sure, a lot for you to say, I'm going to commit to doing this podcast because it's something I believe in. That's you not being afraid of your own power. And it affects me. It affects all of the beautiful people that are listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. It has an effect on, like, you're literally putting your spell over sound waves right now. Yes. And a lot of people don't know what you can put spells over and what you can't. You can put spells over anything. (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations on being like on standing in your power and doing this and and really putting something beautiful out there for the world. Definitely. Well, thank you. (laughs) So I only have two more questions. Sure. So the first one, going back to love and love magic and Tantra, because I love talking about those things. Um, What does seduction mean to you and how does it play a role in your practice? Ooh, well, seduction, I think, gets gets a bad rap. Um, I know. (laughs) It's so funny because it's it it. How people manipulate language to make you feel shameful, guilty, or bad is yes. is comical to me. So one, let's just say that, so that's noted. And two, I feel like seduction is being um, casting a spell once again, first on yourself. So seduction for me is being, letting yourself slow down, letting yourself, you can experience seduction by eating a strawberry or a piece of chocolate. If you hold a strawberry, if you just take a bite and just sit there for a moment, and then hold the strawberry in your mouth and taste it and experience it and be fully present for that experience. That 
is what seduction is. If you just do that with everything, when you want to put a seduction spell on something, like you're allowing the strawberry to seduce you at that moment. You're connecting deeply with that strawberry, as ridiculous as it sounds. But I think that most people just throw a strawberry in their mouth and don't even think about it and go about their day. And I think that that is the problem with most of our world. And a very simple thing that you can do right now today is by getting a little piece of chocolate or a strawberry or a blueberry and just like experience it, like really experience it. And, and just like, it's like, especially like berries and things like that from nature, experiencing something from nature to you as like, you're this goddess of love and the nature goddess has given you a treat and it is this magical strawberry and you are going to communicate with it just by tasting it, enjoying it and having that moment. And I feel like, I feel like I feel the same when, you know, one of my things is, is that from doing burlesque and doing sensuality, um, and teaching it and watching it and observing, I have found that watching how another person eats, this is a secret tip of mine, (laughs) watching how another person eats will tell you how they are in bed. If they just kind of like, Yes. If they just kind of, that's a juicy tip from Veronica Varlow over here, <laughs> Love Witch and Bohemian Magic. So if you watch somebody else eat, when I, our very first date, my husband was having, he ordered soup and he had this soup, like he would just like bring the spoon to his mouth and sip it slow and just enjoy it. And I was like, oof. I am in for a treat. <laughs> so if, if someone really savors and enjoys and closes their eyes at moments, mm-hmm. if they make sounds when they're eating, if they're like, mm, you're like, Ooh, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good because this is a person who is alive with pleasure. Whether it's eating, whether it's like riding a bike, whether it's whatever it is you do, try to have that sensuality in every single part of your life and you will see it magnify throughout your whole world. And that is what I feel like true seduction is. It's like another way of manifesting that is yes. so fascinating. Yes. And another thing I was going to say is it's like getting all of your senses involved in this one, like like the strawberry, getting all of your senses involved with the strawberry. Yes. And that is a great way to do the seduction and to get into that. And wow, I see, I never really thought about that. I had a friend of mine who had an eating disorder where she had a restrictive eating disorder. And we actually did that where we would, we got very involved with food. We would touch it. We would smell it. We would hear it, all those different things. That's beautiful. Yeah. And did it help her? It helped her a lot actually. It's really good when we connect with what we're eating, I think. And I think when we eat mindlessly, like that's something I'm really trying not to do. And I think when we eat mindfully and really love the pleasure of eating and how beautiful it is, then it really helps us be more in tune with our bodies, with our life, with our sensuality, with everything. I agree. I actually have a funny story here. My first two weeks of pregnancy, I didn't know I was pregnant. And I would, I would eat all this food, right? But I would I would enjoy it so much. It got to a point I couldn't have a conversation while I was eating because I ah. just enjoyed it so much. And then I would cry because I was like, I feel like I've been not enjoying food as much as I should my whole life. Wow. What do you think that was? Do you think that it was like the baby experiencing food or what What do you yeah. think that was? I think it was probably the baby and then also just, you know, get ready, mama, because you're going to be going through some things, Ooh. you know? Ooh. Yeah. That's powerful. That it is was. powerful. 
It was very powerful, and I thought it was just really interesting. But I think that's interesting that you bring up the seduction with food, because I've got those stories. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I mean, it's something everyone does. So if you could just simply just have a little practice, like people are like, oh, I know, I, I feel so awkward. I don't feel like I could seduce anyone. I'm like, just take Take an apple, cut it in half, Mm -hmm. get yourself some honey to drizzle on it, and just have a moment with an apple and honey and Mm -hmm. seduce, you know, have that conversation. And it's going to move to all of the elements, all of the aspects. Yeah. And I think another, you know, if you're confused about any of this stuff, a really good way to look at this is through the lens of like film and filmmaking and cinematography and stuff like that. I told you that I've studied videography and things like that. There's a lot of seductive things when it comes to a woman eating food in film. And that's, I feel like it it shows it very interestingly because you have the person eating the food Mm -hmm. and it, it feels like it's just those two things in the room. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful way of looking yes. at it. <laughs> yes. And like eating food, reading a book, yes. listening to music. My husband, so so my husband David, he he is he plays music, he's he's plays guitar all the time. He started this thing where we lay on our soft carpet. It's like this big lush white carpet and he's just like we're just going to listen to an album, a record from start yes. to finish, laying on this in the dark and staring at the ceiling. And it is when you allow yourself communion with one thing, with just the music of this album and just staring into the ceiling and feeling the whole thing. It's beautiful. It takes you to a, another world. It's a portal. So, mm-hmm. It definitely is. Yeah. 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 Wow. See, food, we can just go on for days with food. Oh, I'm ready to order some right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Me too. (laughs) So my last question that I've got is what is one piece of advice you have for the listeners? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, one piece of advice. I will say I want to give one piece of advice because we've already touched on my own piece of advice, which is your life is the greatest store or greatest spell you will ever cast. Mm -hmm. But I would like to say one other thing that I talk about in Bohemian Magic is having a supernatural experience with the ghost of Lou Reed. And he said, our lives are a story, man. And what we do with it is called art. So really thinking about creating your spell, crafting the story of your life, because your life is a form of art. It is the story of you. And I want all of your listeners to know how powerful it is when you honor that thought. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree with that. (laughs) And that is so funny that you mentioned that when I first met my husband and we had finally gotten together and stuff like that. I actually got a book and I, I, it's one of those books that you can like put your own story in and I call it the story of us. And that's kind of followed me and my husband this whole time is this title of the story of us. Mm. and there's never any separation there we just feel like we're just we're one and it's just it's so nice I just really enjoy the thought of that and just you know putting a spell upon our lives and putting a spell upon my life and you know having him do the same because he also believes in the magical practice as well yes you got a good one (laughs) I know (laughs) you got a good one then I know I think it's so cool because I was not a witch when I met him and then about a year in I was like honey we need to have a talk and he was like what's up so we had the talk and he was like all right that sounds amazing what's you know (laughs) Uh, 
Ah, oh, this sounds beautiful. It's so beautiful to be able to um, craft magic with your partner and have them also bring their own magic to the table. It's it's it makes for a very beautiful, powerful relationship. It really does. And it's not something a lot of people think about when you talk about witchcraft. It's very much about that individual. But when you bring another person in, you know, you've got this interesting dynamic that can be a really beautiful thing. Oh, for sure. And that and your child is going to be the magical child together. So I'm very excited that you're going to be practicing this beautiful, positive magic and creating your family in 2021. That's yes. very exciting. That's very exciting. <laughs> We're so excited. I am. I just, I cannot wait. Mostly because I'm ready to be done right now, but I am very excited <laughs> to meet her too. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Congratulations again. Thank you. Well, those are all the questions that I have for uh, this interview today. Okay. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and end it here because, you know, we've been chatting for about like, what, an hour or so? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I'd love if your listeners could find me. I'm at lovewitch.com and um, my book is Bohemian Magic. And you could also find me on Instagram at Veronica Varlow. And I have all sorts of classes and the Witch Academy and my book and beautiful things that I'm sending out to people also for free who sign up for my newsletter about spells and spell casting so there's lots of great stuff so I hope we meet again oh definitely for sure I absolutely loved having you on the show and I will link all the socials below so you guys don't have to memorize all the things you know and if you guys want to go ahead and buy the book go ahead and go over to Amazon I'll go ahead and link it there I loved reading it and I'm sure that you guys will too um but yeah, so that's the show, and we will see you guys next Thank week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So what did you think? <laughs> ah, you're wonderful. Oh, my God. I love how you interview. I have been doing so many interviews, and I feel like this was such a – you are a natural at this. It's You have so much ease and fun that it's, it's, it's like talking to a friend. So I really appreciate that, especially after – I've been doing podcasts left and right and like a lot of them can be um, awkward. <laughs> you are a pro. So I really appreciate it. I really, you're great. Thank That's you awesome. so much. I've been doing this for two years and yeah, yeah. it will shows because you really know how to do it. You're asking the right questions that are fun and juicy and it's, it's, you're, you're killing it. So I'm, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if you ever want to chat again, you know, just hit me up. You got my Skype. You've got my email. <laughs> Fantastic. I want to find out when your your beautiful baby is coming. I know that you said that you believe that she'll be here early. So please let me know when she arrives. Oh, for sure. She's going to be the cutest thing ever. I'm so excited for her. <laughs> oh, she's left me alone during this interview, which has been lovely. She usually likes to dance on my bladder. So it's really? been a nice break. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Oh, that makes me happy. All right. We'll have a beautiful, beautiful day and I will talk to you soon, my love. You too. And good luck on your article. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.